saving money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options in stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. What a boring weekend of football we had. I was sitting here talking on Friday about how fantastic and exciting this weekend was, and boy, did it turn out to be a disappointment. <laughs> Just kidding, guys. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another brand new episode of Murph's Boston Sports Talk, episode number 120. I'm your host, James Murphy, a.k.a. Murph. And again, thank you so much for downloading, listening, and enjoying. Welcome back to a brand new episode. Hopefully you had a fantastic weekend, whether you were watching football and how exciting it actually was, or maybe you just decided to take a break from all the chaos and just enjoy the weekend because, I don't know, whatever you did over the weekend, hopefully you had a good time doing it. You were able to enjoy this freezing cold weather, says no one ever, right? (laughs) But oh my goodness, what a weekend we had in football in all seriousness. It was bizarre, and obviously I'm going to dive in and react to the Patriots and Dolphins games and that abominable shit show that that was, but what a weekend of football across the entire league. It was absolutely nuts, and in this episode, we're going to be diving into the Patriots and Dolphins game, reacting to that, break down scores and winners and losers from week 18, the first ever week 18 from the NFL And then lastly, we're going to discuss where the current and official playoff seating lies in the NFL. Because yes, after so much speculation, after so much prediction, after so much what if and what that, we finally have our official 2021 NFL playoff picture. And I am super excited to break it down. I will dive much more into, oh, I think the Chiefs and the Steelers and this this game is going to go that way. I'm going to do that all on Friday. I'll break every single game down for Super Wildcard Weekend on Friday. However, I do want to react and give quick, quick, brief thoughts and opinions about the matchup going into the week as each team prepares for who they are officially playing instead of all the unknowns and what-ifs like I alluded to. I have no idea where to start with this game. Now, I will admit, let me say this. I do believe the NFL schedules the Patriots to play their last game in Miami almost every season on purpose. Now, I'm sure the players and the coaching staff might appreciate that because they get to have a warm weather game at the beginning of January. So I'm sure that's nice. But the recent struggles that the Patriots have in Miami is unbelievable. 
it is just miraculously how terrible they are in Miami. Oh my goodness, but that's besides the point. That was just a little haha. I want to flame both the offense and the defense. You know, you could even flame the special teams unit for the two penalties that they had resulting in first downs for the Dolphins throughout the course of the game yesterday. So for those who may not know or may live under a rock, the Miami Dolphins beat the New England Patriots 33-24 to yesterday. Dolphins had nothing to play for. No playoff spot to fight for. So they were just playing just to play hard and to play spoiler. Although the Patriots were already locked and loaded into the playoffs, they still had the division on the line, bearing the Jets beating the Bills. They still had position and seating on the line. But oh my goodness, the Patriots could not do anything. Absolutely anything. I'm going to rip apart the defense first. So yeah, you might want to buckle in, strap in, make sure those headphones, if you're using them, are nice and snug in your ear. Make sure the volume's at a good, decent level. Because I'm going to rip apart both the defense and the offense. And then I'm going to rip apart the team. So make sure you're strapped in, you're buckled in, you're comfortable. If you're standing, you might want to take a seat. If you're sitting, you might want to stand and stretch a little bit because this is going to be a long one. Oh, I don't know how long it's going to be, but... Hey, I, t I went on a rant about the Celtics that I said five minutes and ended up being like 20 minutes. So anything's possible. Anything is possible. But, okay, so the Patriots gave up 33 points to the Miami Dolphins yesterday. Now, 13 of those points are not the defense's fault. Obviously, the pick six in the first quarter and then that stupid fumble six at the end of the game. Not the defense's fault. Clearly, that's on the offense. So the defense gave up 20 total points. Now, you would look at 20 points and be like, that's not bad. You know, you take that against a, uh, a team that was contending for the playoffs who had been really hot. Their quarterback looks good. They got, some they got some weapons. Not crazy, but, I mean, they have some respectable players. You know, Waddle, Gusecki, Parker, Gaskins, Duke Johnson's come along, obviously Tua. So, you'll take giving up 20 points. Right? Am I wrong? The thing... That oh, is just baffling to me is the fact, and we, we've seen this weeks in and weeks out. We saw it against the Colts. We saw it against the, the Bills. We saw it against the Dolphins most recently, is they cannot get off the field. This defense cannot get a stop for the life of them. They cannot get a stop for the life of them. Third and eight, third and two, third and five, no matter what it is, this defense, time and time again, cannot get a stop. We've seen it when they played the Bills and Josh Allen, and they were marching down the field before they scored that touchdown to really seal the game. It was like third, uh, fourth and two or whatever it was, and they went for it. You had Josh Allen in the backfield. Two guys missed him, and he gets the first down. Third and seven or whatever. Tua Tungo Viola rolls out after he can't find anything downfield. He scrambles for the first down. Again, two guys had him and they bump into each other. They tackle each other. And he gets the first down. It's just your team, your defense was so good for so long during the course of the season. And Stefan Gilmore didn't even play a snap for you this year. So you cannot blame his departure to Carolina. You absolutely cannot do that. 
because when your defense was good and a top three defense in the league that I've claimed it to be, or top five, I should say, you didn't have Stephon Gilmore. Now you don't have Stephon Gilmore officially on your team, and you were still a top five defense. I sat here a few weeks ago saying that, oh, the Bills and the Patriots have like the number one and number two defense if you look at points per game, average points given up, yards, this and that. Where did that defense go? Where did it go? Kyle Duggar didn't play. Uh, Dante Hightower didn't play. I understand that they may be battling injuries and maybe probably just saving them for next week because next week is more important than this week, which is fine. I totally understand that. But what about the game against the Bills? What about the game against the Colts? This defense will absolutely get blown out by the Bills unless they figure it out. They have to. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say that the Patriots will win and beat the Bills, okay? Because I think it's a total toss-up in the air between those two teams. Obviously, Buffalo is the better team, but we've been able, we've been proven to beat them and to dance with them. And we could have won in New England if they were able to stop Josh Allen. Now, I'm not going to say they were going to win that game, but you see where I'm going with this, right? It just, time and time again. Now, honestly, that Jacksonville Jaguars game looks like a fluke because you were playing the bums of the bums. Let's just look at the Patriots during their seven-game winning streak. I've done this before. You probably heard it on the radio and other people talking about it. How legitimate was that seven-game winning streak? I've talked about it before. They won against the Jets. They beat the Chargers. I'll give them that. That's a good win. The Panthers, the Browns, the Falcons, the Titans, the Bills. The first game against the Jets, they're the Jets. Chargers, I'll give you that one. That was a good win. The Panthers, injury riddled. Uh, Christian McCaffrey wasn't fully healthy. Yeah, okay, whatever, cool. The Browns, OBJ didn't play when, when he was still there. Kareem Hunt didn't play. Nick Chubb didn't play. That's three of their best four players on offense, not including Baker Mayfield, who at the time was probably one of their best offensive players. Now, different, different, completely different story. Then you go Thursday night, you go to Atlanta, you beat them 25-0. Then you win against the Titans at home 36-13. Again, no Julio Jones, no A.J. Brown, no Derrick Henry. Then the Buffalo Bills, the first game you played on December 6th. Windy, run game heavy. Bills literally shot themselves in the foot. And then you lose against the Colts, 27-17. You lose against the Bills, 33-21. You beat the Jaguars, 50-10. And then you lose to the Dolphins, 33-24. How legitimate was that seven-game winning streak when in the last four games you've gone out and lost all of them the exception of one layup that honestly if I was quarterback of the team I probably could have put up 30 points that's how bad the Jaguars defense and their offense is is I could have been quarterback and my only quarterback experience is flag football when I was in college that's it a little backyard razzle dazzle right we all do it this team going into the playoffs is worrisome they give up 27 points against the Colts on December 18th 
They give up 33 points to the Bills the day after Christmas. They give up 33 points to the Dolphins. And whoop-de-freaking-do, they give up 10 points to the Jaguars. I don't care. 27, 33, 33 again. This is going to result in a first-round exit for the Patriots. That's just a fact. Now, yes, I did say 13 of the points given up yesterday was not their fault, so theoretically 20. But when you're looking at the big picture, the team itself gave up the 33 points. You can point to the defense for giving up 20. You could point to the offense for giving up 13. You can point to the special teams for getting multiple penalties that resulted in first downs for the Dolphins. This team is playing so uncharacteristic right now. The Patriots are famously known for playing smart football, letting the other team make mistakes, right? Let the other team cause dumb penalties. Let the other team beat themselves. Let the other team look foolish. Let the other team get these dumb penalties that result in your first downs. But now you're looking like that team. You did it against the Dolphins, you did it against the Bills, and you did it against the Colts. This team has six days starting today, here on Monday, to get ready for that Buffalo Bills matchup on Sunday, uh, Saturday night. Excuse me, 8-15 kickoff in Buffalo. It is projected to be negative 5 degrees. It's going to feel like negative 5 degrees that night. I don't know what the wind chill is going to look like, but you have to expect that team to be prepared, the Bills to be prepared. The Patriots have been famously known for being one of the most prepared, smart, intellectual teams that this NFL has because of their coaching, their personnel, and just the way they execute the game of football. I'm throwing the Jaguars game out, but those three, those last three losses has proven evident that that's not them. Now, this is a conversation for another day, but do we look at Bill Belichick as a coach that's past his prime? Do we look at Bill Belichick as someone that needs to be replaced? Now, I'm not ready to have that conversation yet because he just took a rookie quarterback and essentially a brand new team to the playoffs, finishing 10-7. and So ultimately, at the end of the day, it was a successful season because a lot of people had them 9-8, and 10-7, and 11-5, and somewhere in that realm. I'm sorry, 11 and 6, excuse me. Somewhere within that realm. So at the end of the day, it was a true successful season. All things considered from the year before and how things have shaped up this year. So I'm not ready to have that conversation yet, but it is definitely something to potentially consider. All I know is that this defense needs to execute plays. I honestly think that the way the defense has played these past few weeks, it shows you how important having good defensive players on your team. And actually, you might have to pay for defensive players. J.C. Jackson's contract is up at the end of the season. Who are you going to replace him with? He's going to get money. Wherever he goes, he will get a bag. And I hope it's you that pays him because he's homegrown. First of all, he's an undrafted free agent. He's homegrown. And he's your only good cornerback. He can literally shut down the opposing quarterback's best receiver. 
It's a fact. We've seen it time and time again. If you do not pay J.C. Jackson, your secondary is going to be abysmal. Is going to be atrocious. You just extended Adrian Phillips for another few more years. Awesome. I love him. I think he deserves it. He brings a lot to the table. You'll still have Jalen Mills. I think Devin McCourty's contract's up at the end of the season, too. Maybe the year after. I'm not sure, but he's aging. You have Kyle Duggar. You have Joan Williams, who is a bubble player this year, so he may not even be on the roster next year. You have Miles Bryant, and another undrafted free agent, who's shown a lot of promise this year, so I kind of like what we have in him. But I'm not ready for him to be my number one corner. I don't mind. I like him in the slot. He should be the number three corner, the slot cornerback. He's quick, he's shifty, and he's smart. But you need J.C. Jackson. You need to look at that defense and see where the problems are. Is it the linebacking group? Is it the front four? Is it your secondary? A lot of questions, regardless how the season ends. This team has a lot of questions to answer, both offensively and defensively. But all I'm going to say is without J.C. Jackson, this defense will probably give up 30 points a game. Average. I don't know what the season average ended up being, but look, they gave up 27 points to the Colts. That was on the ground. Jonathan Taylor just absolutely bent you over. You gave up 33 points to the Bills. Josh Allen just manhandled you, both passing the ball and running the ball. You gave up 33 points to the Dolphins. You couldn't stop the run. Now, obviously, J.C. Jackson's not going to help you solve the run problem. So now we have to look at the front seven, your defensive line, and your linebacking group. Now, you did a ton of stuff to revamp that defense, to change things around, and to help solidify that front seven. But, my God, you guys cannot stop the run to save your life right now. It's that bad. This defense cannot stop the run. I feel confident in this team with J.C. Jackson on their roster stopping the pass. I feel confident that the passing attack for whoever, whether it's the Bills this week or maybe they play the Chiefs, maybe they play the Titans, whoever they play, I feel confident that they can slow down the passing attack of whoever they play in the AFC. But the defense in stopping the run is a completely different story because their run stop sucks. It is uh, honestly Alabama's front seven is probably better than yours. Georgia's front seven, who played tonight in the championship game, is probably better than yours. I don't understand. You brought in David Gotchow. You brought in Matthew Judon. You brought back Dante Hightower after he opted out because of COVID last year. You brought back Kyle Van Noy. You brought back Jamie Collins. You got the boogeyman. Right? You still have Dietrich Wise. You still have Chase Winovich, who barely plays on defense now. This team's defense will strive, will do well, will succeed as a group, as a unit, as a whole, as a team. If they can stop the run, it is evident the past few weeks. Look at the first Buffalo Bills game when they won 14-10. to the Buffalo Bills could not run the ball. And you were able to beat them because you were able to. When it was 50 miles an hour wind, Josh Allen was forced to pass the ball. And he had a little bit of success, I'll give it to him, but ultimately was very unsuccessful. And that team does not have a good run game. But you were able to capitalize on that. 
and stop the run game, which I believe a month ago I mentioned you have to stop this run game, force them to force them to throw the ball because it's going to be very difficult to throw the ball. And they were able to do that. Look at the Falcons game. You know, they were able to stop Cordero Patterson from being you know, a weapon in the backfield running all over the place. Colts, when you lost, you couldn't stop Jonathan Taylor. The Bills, the second time, when you lost, you couldn't stop Josh Allen. You couldn't stop friggin' Devin Singletary either. And most recently, against the Dolphins, if I can just pull it up, you gave up 117 rushing yards to Duke Johnson, who is more of a third-down guy, kind of like a James White uh, running back, who's rejuvenated himself in Miami as their lead back. Philip Lindsay, 11 carries, 40 yards himself. Tua, 5 carries, 38 yards. And like I said, Duke Johnson, 25 carries, 117 yards. Stop the run game. Because yesterday, you did not lose because Tua Tungaviola threw all over you. He was 15 for 22 with 109 passing yards and one touchdown. You did not lose because the opposing team's quarterback was better. You lost because of dumb mistakes, and you couldn't stop the run. That's just a fact. Their best receiver yesterday was Jalen Waddell, five receptions, 27 yards, and a touchdown. That was their best receiver. You have to stop the Bills' rushing attack wildcard weekend, or you will lose. Because if you can, I mentioned this, the first time they played them, the second time they played them. If you take away their run game that they do not have, you force Josh Allen to run, uh, pass the ball every single play. And I mentioned just uh, two minutes ago that I believe you can stop any AFC team's passing attack right now. So how do you feel if you can stop the run game and you feel confident in your, you know, your pass defense against a team like the Bills? I feel pretty good. I feel pretty good about that. But let me hold off on the defensive rank because I could probably go all day about it because they really pissed me off yesterday. Let's talk about the Patriots' offense yesterday. Now, the off- you can blame both the offense and the defense for losing. You can blame the special teams. I've mentioned that a few times now. But the offense in particular also lost you the game. Mac Jones, 20 for 30, 261 yards, touchdown and interception. Could have been worse, could have been better. That pick six was ugly. Absolutely ugly. It was, it was just a bad route or a bad read by Mac Jones, and he threw it right into Xavier Howard's hands, and he just walked in for a touchdown. When this team gets down early, they cannot come back. It's just a fact. Now, is it an offensive problem? Is it a defensive problem? I do not know. Is it the offensive problem for not being able to come back, or is it the defensive problem to not be able to hold the team? Now, yes, you can look at it both ways, but the past three losses, I'm throwing out the Jags game because that does not count. We all know that. That does not really count. It was 20-17. to Defense needed to stop. The Patriots-Bills game, the second one, it was, what was it, 25-21 to or 26-21? to You needed a stop and you couldn't get one. Dolphins game. You couldn't get a stop on defense because you let Tua run over the place. I don't know what the score was. Minus six. So what was it? 27-24? You were right there. You were right there. This offense, I've noticed, and I'm not sure if you noticed either, 
does better when they're losing. It's odd. When it's 0-0, 7-7, or even if you have a lead, this team offensively does better when they're losing, when they have to go in the hurry-up offense. When they have to like hurry up to the line because they're down multiple possessions like we saw yesterday in Miami, they were able to put points on the board. They were able to execute offense, move the ball down the field, you know, be able to pass the ball. Hunter Henry, 5 for 86. Jacoby Myers, 4 for 70. Harris, 4 for 36. Kendrick Bourne was quiet. Nelson Aguilar was quiet. I want this team to be able to get out to a hot start. That's been one of my keys to the game for the past damn month almost, is to be able to have Mac Jones get out to a hot start or have Mac Jones show the ability to come back in games. And I think if the Patriots were able to get a stop yesterday on that last drive by the Dolphins with a minute 40 left in a timeout before they gave up that first down, I'm not going to say the Patriots would have won, but that would have been the perfect situation to watch Mac Jones be able to be down by three. One timeout, 140, ball in your own 20-yard line, wherever the punt may have landed, and march down the field. Take his troops down the field. We have yet to really see that because every single time he gets close in that position and you need a stop by the defense, they always give it up. And therefore, Mac Jones never has that opportunity. Same thing with the Colts. Second game against the Bills. This game against the Dolphins. So I'm not going to blame Mac. At the end of the day, he's still a rookie. So we have to keep that in consideration. Now, we cannot use that excuse for much longer. Regardless how the season ends this year, come next year, in preseason, in the first month of the season, we're not going to be able to use that rookie excuse. It'll be his second year. So we're going to have to, you know, view him and critique him much more harshly. Yes, he's still a young quarterback. Yes, it'll still be his second year. But now he'll have a full offseason in the Patriots system to study the playbook, to work with his weapons and receivers, to really be able to execute this and execute that and be very situational prepared. He didn't have that last year. And no rookie quarterback has that, you know, when they come around the draft because you don't know who your team's going to be until the end of April. So you got to give Mac Jones a credit here. At the end of the day, I know that he was a big front runner for Rookie of the Year, Offensive Rookie of the Year. I'm leaning Jamar Chase on it. I will not be surprised if Mac Jones wins. But I think overall Mac Jones had a great year. It's just what about the rest of the offense? Because Mac Jones is your quarterback moving forward. That's that's not changing. Your running backs can change. Your wide receivers can change. Your tight ends can change. Your offensive line can all change from this year to next year. Offensive line, maybe not. Running backs, probably not. Wide receivers, I hope. I hope they bring in somebody. They need to bring in somebody. Jacoby Myers, Kendrick Bourne, they're a nice 2-3. I want them to be my number two and my number three wide receiver. I want Hunter Henry to be my number one tight end. Jonu Smith, what a big disappointment he was this year, but he's a fantastic number two. Or you could flip-flop 1-B-1 and the other B-2. Didn't see any of that from Jonu Smith this year. You need to bring in somebody. You need to bring in a, like an A-plus receiver, an elite wide receiver, somebody who can be Mac Jones' security blanket. Because we've seen time and time again offensively that he does not have that. You know, for years, Brady had Branch, Troy Brown, uh, Wes Welker, Randy Moss, Julian Edelman. He had his guys. You know, James White even. 
So when James White comes back next year, good things change a little bit, sure. You know, I, I keep telling people that I come into the shop that Mac Jones has looked really good, but just imagine if James White was healthy and if Julian Edelman was playing one more year, they would be perfect for him. A nice, gritty slot guy who knows how to catch the ball, knows how to run routes. And then you have James White, who's a security blanket, who knows when to pick up blitzes on third down, who knows how to be a safety blanket on checkdowns and run routes himself to go pick up first downs. They would be perfect for Mac Jones in his developmental rookie year. He doesn't really have that. You know, Brandon Bolden has kind of become that. Hunter Henry has kind of become that. This team has to look at itself over the offseason. Like I said, regardless how this, this season ends, whether they lose in the first round or win the whole thing, it does not matter. They need to get Mac Jones a guy. A guy. Not just any guy. The guy. I've heard rumors and reports you know, about Calvin Ridley being traded to New England after his uh, odd season where he started the year underperforming and then he you know, wants to take time away for mental health reasons, which... I don't put it against him. Like I mentioned, do your own thing. Make sure your head is on straight. Make sure you're feeling comfortable with your mental health because it is so important. But maybe that situation pissed off, you know, the Atlanta Falcons. And they're like, dude, we could have used you this year. Like, why didn't you talk to us about this? I'm not going to get into that. But, you know, a Calvin Ridley type. You know, the Buffalo Bills traded their first-round draft pick for Stephon Diggs and gave Josh Allen a guy. They got Allen, his guy. Now, could Hunter Henry be his guy? Yes, but I'm taking Stephon Diggs any day over Hunter Henry. That's just a fact. That's just a fact, not an opinion. You know, a couple years ago, the Arizona Cardinals traded Duke um, David Johnson in a second-round draft pick to Houston for DeAndre Hopkins. They got Kyler Murray, his guy. You need to go out and get Mac Jones, his guy. You're going to have to look at the trade market. You're going to look at see who's out there, and you have to bring in Mac Jones' guy. The running back room, I'm okay with. I like Harris. I like Stevenson as that one-two. James White comes back next year as your third-down guy. I really like that. Brandon Bolden has even been able to show you that he can do things in the ground game, in the passing game as well. So to have him as a safety blanket, Feel really comfortable moving forward next year with that setup. Kendrick Bourne has even been able to show you he can do some things in the running game as well. So running-wise, I think you're okay. Moving forward into the playoffs, though, you got to get that ground game going. You have to get that ground game going against the Bills. Because if Mac Jones is not able to complete passes and do this and do that because of the lack of weapons he has, we've been able to prove that we can win on the ground. We can win on the ground. We know that. Not just against the Bills the first time, but just in general. We can win on the ground. But we have not seen Mac Jones have to air it out and win by passing the ball, which is something we were not able to be seen in this Miami game. We saw a small glimpse of it when they came back 27-24, to but then the defense gave it up. I'm going to break down the Buffalo Bills and New England Patriots Saturday night wild card game more on Friday. But those are just my early thoughts and opinions about the Patriots as they complete the 2021 NFL regular season, as they move on to the playoffs, what we were able to take away from the season, 
and what we could potentially look forward to as both the offense and defense. So those are my thoughts, comments, reactions about the game yesterday and kind of the season as a whole and a little bit moving forward. I know I was a little all over the place, but there was a lot that I needed to talk about both offensively and defensively. So without further ado, let's dive in to Week 18 scores across the NFL. A lot happened. A lot happened. So as we already know, the Chiefs beat the Broncos 28-24 to on Saturday, and the Cowboys were able to beat the Eagles 51-26 to also on Saturday night. Going to Sunday now, Washington football team beat the New York Giants 22-7. to The Cleveland Browns beat the Cincinnati Bengals 21-16. to The Pittsburgh Steelers knock out the Baltimore Ravens 16-13 to in overtime keeping the Steelers' playoffs hopes alive. The Packers lost to the Detroit Lions 37-30 in a game that ultimately did not matter for the Packers. Let's see, let's see, what's the next game? Jaguars beat the Colts 26-11, the game that I really wanted the Jaguars to win, and they did. What a shit show by the Indianapolis Colts. All they had to do, all they had to do was win, and they were in. That's it. Their win would have knocked the Steelers out, and the winner would have advanced from the Chargers-Raiders game. What a soiling job by the Indianapolis Colts. Now that loss that you had in Indy, it just makes you like, what the hell? What are we doing? Oh, that's nuts. Bears lost to the Vikings 31-17 to in a game that did not matter. The Titans beat the Texans 28-25, to clinching their spot as the AFC number one seed. So congratulations to the Titans for all the crap that they've been through, and they're still able to lock up the division and the number one seed. The Saints beat the Falcons 30-20 to yesterday, keeping their playoff hopes alive until the 49ers beat the Rams 27-24 to in overtime. A massive game for the Rams because they needed to win to clinch the division unless the Cardinals lost, which they did, 38-30 to to the Seattle Seahawks in a game that was meaningless for the Seahawks, but very meaningful for the Cardinals. Cardinals and Rams both were in the playoffs, but as I mentioned on Friday, the winner, uh, the winner would have been the NFC West champion, bearing the Rams losing. If the Rams won, they clinched. If the Cardinals won and the Rams lost, they would have clinched. The Bills lost. I'm sorry, no, the Bills won against the Jets 27-10. That was a close game for a little bit, though. So there was a little bit of hope that you were you would have won the AFC East. The Jets could have helped bail you out, but since you lost 34-24 to the Miami Dolphins, which I've already broken down, it wouldn't have mattered if the Jets were able to win. Buccaneers beat the Carolina Panthers 41-17. And the game of the week, the game of the year potentially, between the Los Angeles Chargers and the Las Vegas Raiders, the Raiders beat the Chargers 35-32 to in overtime. The winner of that game would have went on to the playoffs. If the game ended in a tie, both teams would have went into the playoffs and the Steelers would have been out. This game, I wanted to end in a tie so bad. I wanted them to just be like, hey, Jaguars won. How about we just both mutually agree not to play? Let's just end in a tie. Tell the league, hey, we're cool. It would end in a tie, and then we both would have been in. I strongly feel if they weren't division rivals, they could have done that. 
because them going into this game knew that if it was a tie, they both would have won it. They both knew going in, the loser was going home. Good to see the Las Vegas Raiders, after everything they've been through this year, make it to the playoffs. How far will they go? I have no freaking idea because they played the Cincinnati Bengals on Saturday afternoon. However, their coach, John Gruden, getting fired for all the terrible things that he said. Henry Ruggs going to jail for who knows how long for the terrible thing that he did. Plus, I think another player got arrested. Oh, they've been through so much. They were good. They were bad. They were in. They were out. And at the end of the day, at the end of the season, the very last game of the 2021 NFL regular season, they were able to lock their spot in. Congratulations to the Raiders. That is freaking awesome. So to recap, the official, official 2021 NFL playoff picture, let's start with the NFC. The Green Bay Packers are your number one seed. Your Tampa Bay Buccaneers, your number two seed. Dallas Cowboys, number three. Los Angeles Rams, number four. Arizona Cardinals, your fifth seed. San Francisco 49ers are your sixth seed. And the Philadelphia Eagles are your seventh seed. Over to the AFC. Tennessee Titans locked up the number one seed, like I mentioned. Kansas City Chiefs finished second with the two, two seed. Buffalo Bills, the three seed. The Cincinnati Bengals are your number four seed. The Las Vegas Raiders, after all the crazy stuff that they went through this year, are the number five seed. The New England Patriots are your sixth seed, and the Pittsburgh Steelers are the seventh seed in the AFC playoff picture. Holy smokes, what a crazy, crazy Week 18, for the first ever Week 18 across the NFL. With all of that, with all the seeding now in place, let's look at the schedule really quickly. I'll break it more down on Friday, more about games and predictions, similar to the regular season, but let's just quickly talk about the slate of games ahead of us. 4.30 on Saturday, we have the number five Raiders visiting the number four Bengals. And at 8.15, your New England Patriots travel up to Buffalo to play the three-seeded Bills. Sunday, big slate of games on Sunday. We have the Philadelphia Eagles visiting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 1 o'clock. At 4.30, we have the number six 49ers visiting the number three Dallas Cowboys. And at 8.15, you have the seven Steelers visiting the two, the two-seeded Chiefs. And then for the first time, and I have no idea how long if this ever happened, we have a Monday night playoff game. It's kind of stupid. I think they should have just stuck with the slate of games they had last year, three Saturday, three Sunday, my opinion. But we have the number five Cardinals visiting the number four Los Angeles Rams on Monday night at 8.15. Very odd. I don't like it. I wish it was just 3-3 three and three Saturday, Sunday, but it is what it is. That is your official first round wildcard, super wildcard round weekend with your slate of games as it was accordingly. Now, I do want to remind you that here at Murph's Cartown Sports Shop from today, Monday, all the way until kickoff on Saturday, you have the opportunity to fill out a bracket for the NFL playoffs, I mentioned this on Friday, this bracket is exactly the same as March Madness. You pick teams to win each game all the way up into the Super Bowl. And if you have a perfect bracket, you will win 50% of the pot where the other 50% gets donated. It is a win-win across the board. Each bracket only costs $5. You can fill out as many brackets as you want. 
however differently you want. You could have 10 different brackets filled out differently. $5 per bracket no matter what. I am super excited. I hope a ton of brackets get filled out as it will serve as a prelude to March Madness, which I am super excited for because we will be doing Madness Bracketology here at the shop as well. So make sure you come on down to Murph's Cartown Sports Shop anytime this week leading up to the first game at 4.30 on Saturday to fill out your bracket because I do not want you to miss out on your chance at a potential 50% pot. Now, if there's multiple perfect brackets, then however many perfect brackets there are, those owners will get half their fair share of the pot. So say three people have a perfect bracket, then the 50% of the winnings will get split up in three ways, three even ways. Therefore, those three people will get their fair earnings. If there's no one that wins, then 100% of the pot will get donated. So it literally is a win-win all the way around. You do have to fill out a bracket here at the shop, Murph's Cartown Sports Shop. For those that may not know the address, it is 1478 Atwood Avenue in Johnston, Rhode Island, Unit 106. But if you type in Murph's Cartown Sports Shop into Google Maps, Apple Maps, or however you use your GPS, it'll pop right up. Come on down, fill out a bracket, $5, and you're locked and loaded. Like I said, it's starting from today when I open the shop at 12 o'clock noon. And it'll carry all the way until 4.30 on Saturday afternoon, right before kickoff between the Las Vegas Raiders and the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm super excited. I cannot wait for it. If you think this is hype and this is awesome, just wait until March Madness, where there's going to be a ton, a ton of madness. That's going to wrap it up for this episode. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for downloading, listening, and enjoying if you're listening on audio-only platforms. If you're listening to this on YouTube, thank you so much for clicking on the video. Please make sure you like the video if you enjoyed it. Comment all thoughts, questions, comments, concerns down in the comment section below. And if you're new to the channel, please smash that giant red subscribe button as I would greatly appreciate it. If you're listening on audio-only platforms, feel free to reach out to me with those thoughts, questions, comments, concerns to me on social media at Murph's Cartown. You can find me on social media at Murph's Cartown. But like I said, that is going to do for this one. Enjoy your week. Enjoy the cold weather because I have no idea what to expect here in New England. I know to expect the unexpected when it comes to weather because like one day it's going to be 40, the next day it's going to be 10 degrees. It's all over the place. But hey, living in New England, this is what we sign up for. But yes, enjoy your week. Enjoy your week leading up to a crazy, crazy super wildcard weekend here in the NFL. Make sure you come to the shop to fill out your brackets and to make sure you are entered to win a potential 50% pot. But like I said, that's going to do it for this one. I will catch you in the next one. But between now and then, you guys know that I love you and I will always, always see you. American Giant makes great clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, and more right here in the U.S. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order with code STAPLE20. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, code STAPLE20. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. 
depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.